Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We have a rogue federal judge in Washington, D.C. who has targeted Trump administration officials from Roger Stone, Paul Manafort, who's now on the warpath against Bill Barr and has, in my view, issued a ruling that is utterly contemptible, and I will get to her soon. An Obama appointee, no less, Judge Amy Berman Jackson. A disgrace to the robe that she wears. And if this republic were functioning properly, she'd be impeached and removed from office. She's a left-wing political hack, despite what John Roberts, Hollywood John, has to say about Obama appointees. The vast majority of them are all the same. But she's in a very powerful position in Washington, D.C., and she is an utter and complete disgrace. And as I say, I'll get back to her. And there's other things that are, that are burning. I mean, public broadcasting system. Why do we even have a public broadcasting system anymore? We have more communication platforms than you can shake a stick at. Why do we have a public that is government broadcasting system, or a national public radio, national government radio. So they can pick somebody like Yamichi Alcindor to anchor Washington Week. She is a left-wing, unhinged, insane leftist. Another disgrace. As one institution after another falls. And Liz Cheney, she has her backers on the Wall Street Journal editorial page, Paul Gigot, who's a joke. Anybody know anything profound that Paul Gigot's ever written? Big open borders guy. 
National Review is all worked up about Liz Cheney. Of course they are. Never Trumpers to the end. We'll get to that too. But before I do, the reason Lynn Cheney's a problem is not because she's upholding the Constitution. She's not upholding anything. Her hate for Donald Trump goes to their differences on foreign policy. You can have differences on foreign policy, but you don't throw in with the mob in order to undermine a sitting president. And she did it even before January 6th. And she doesn't have a scintilla of evidence of any kind that Donald Trump incited anything, let alone an insurrection. She throws in with the propaganda, with the left-wing Marxists and the media and elsewhere. That's the problem. That's the problem. All of a sudden, Nancy Pelosi is her friend and defends her. Nancy Pelosi hated her father. You look at these Republicans. They're not loyal to the Constitution. They're loyal to their own self-righteousness and self-aggrandizement. Look at McConnell. McConnell asked Trump to campaign for him, which he does, gives the endorsement. It was a neck-and-neck race. Then he gets the biggest majority he's ever had. His wife is appointed Secretary of Transportation. That didn't happen on a lark. That wasn't a coincidence. And on the way out, she stabs the president in the back. And then McConnell stabs the president in the front. President Trump gives a full pardon to Scooter Libby. President George W. Bush refused to do it. He gave him a mishmash. This was Dick Cheney's right-hand man. He's a good man, Scooter Libby. And what was done to Scooter Libby was outrageous. But George W. Bush didn't have the guts to do what Donald Trump did and pardoned fully Scooter Libby, who Trump didn't even know. Really quite shocking. So they play into the narrative of the left, of the media. Who now champion Mitt Romney, who they hated. Who now champion Liz Cheney. They hate the Cheneys, but not for these purposes. Why is all this relevant? Facebook. The narrative, you see, that Donald Trump was responsible for January 6th. And that January 6th was an armed insurrection incited by a sitting president that challenged the very constitutional system of this country, that almost brought it down to its knees, is a lie. We know what it was. We saw it with our own eyes. We don't support it. We don't give it any kind of fluff. But on the other hand, we're not going to join in with the kooks either, who use events like that to attack you and me. It's Donald Trump who's been the victim throughout. I don't remember Liz Cheney coming to his defense when the FBI and the intelligence agencies, when the FISA court, when law firms in Washington, D.C., when the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC all conspired to take him out. Broke numerous federal laws. I don't give a damn who's been charged or not. They did. Smeared him. One year after another, after another, after another. Russia collusion. Leaks. Criminal leaks out of the FBI and other entities. And lies, by the way. 
Two unconstitutional impeachments, and she participated in the second. Coup attempt after coup attempt. Criminal investigation. Subpoenas. Documents. Witnesses. Leaks. Lies. That's why we don't have a stomach for Liz Cheney or Mitt Romney or Adam Kingsinger or the Wall Street Journal editorial page and the clown that runs it, Paul Gigo. And then, of course, Facebook embraces all of this. This is from Politico, a left-wing site. A minority of the members of Facebook's oversight board, oversight board, filled with a bunch of libs, pushed to take a broader look at whether former President Donald Trump's posts contributed to racial tension and broke rules on incitement of violence, but couldn't reach a consensus, a representative for the board told Politico on Wednesday. So the entire ideology of the left is based on racism, genderism, division, tribalism. And it's Donald Trump, you see. They want to see if he contributed to racial tension. He broke rules on the incitement of violence, really. Democrat after Democrat, either supporting or silent in the face of violent, looting, arson, murder, brutality against the police. Not one of them has been banned from Twitter. Not one of them has been banned from Facebook. The split suggests some board members may have been open to taking even stronger action against Trump's account than the continued suspension that the panel would be wound up endorsing. This Facebook, like Twitter and the rest, think they are a government within a government. And if you believe in free market capitalism, if you believe in competition, if you embrace Hayek and Mises and Friedman and Hazlitt and Smith, if you embrace the greats, When it comes to free market capitalism, you have to agree, I would think, that this oligopoly is a greater threat to our economic system because it's literally threatening our unalienable rights, including free speech. And in part, it's due to the fact that they got protection from the federal government in 1995, where you can't sue them. Well, let them join the rest of us, where we can be sued. Same with big media. Big media, our big media, are ideological. They don't give a damn about what they say or what you think because they've been immunized for the last half century or so by the United States Supreme Court that wrote it into the Constitution. It's not even there. It's not even there. All the way up to the mid-60s, you could sue a newspaper or television or modern times or radio. You could sue. Certainly in state court. But they eliminated that by making the bar so high it's basically impossible. It's cost prohibitive and it's really impossible to get the result that you want, nearly. If you're a public figure and they have taken the term public figure and they have broadened it to such an extent 
that you could be a private citizen walking down the street if something happens and you sue the newspaper, but your name now becomes very, very big and very, very famous. All of a sudden, you're a public figure. You can see the circular logic there. But that's what's in the law. So big tech comes in. These guys want to be protected, too. They know we're going to have these community platforms. Community, there, there's no talk about oversight boards or third-party reviews or anything. No, no, we're going to have open platforms, but we can't really get out of the starting gate if we're not protected. All right, kids, you want to get pretty well protect you. Internet's fairly new. We'll protect you. They steal your data. They sell your data. They trade your data. They track your data. They track you. They become multi-billionaires. They're protected. And now they've influenced our elections. There's no question Google has influenced our elections. There's no question Twitter influenced our elections by covering up that Hunter Biden story. There's no question Facebook influenced our election with $400 million coming out of Zuckerberg's pocket to get out the vote in Democrat strongholds. There's no question that these punks who do not believe in capitalism, who did not grow their companies through free market competition, that these punks can now ban a former president of the United States by repeating what Liz Cheney's has to say. And others in the Democrat Party and media and at National Review and the Wall Street Journal. And they're perfectly happy with it. No, Liz, this isn't about you defending the Constitution. This is about you and your self-righteous demands that a president bow to your foreign policy. And to be honest, I'm much more of a hawk than a lot of people. I'm not an interventionist. He must be a neocon! That's what the anti-semi-clowns like to say. Both in and out of the Republican Party. No, there's more than that. But that's beside the point. The Facebook Oversight Board... It's like these third-party fact-checkers. The Indispensable Media Research Center. Tim Graham. Newsbusters.org. Study. PolitiFacts, eight times as likely to defend Joe Biden than check his facts. When we come back, I will tell you about this fact-checker who I've had to engage and battle with, just as I've had to engage in battle with Facebook. Facebook never suspended me or banned me, ladies and gentlemen. What did it? It's shadow. What do you call that, Rich? They shadow banned me from time to time, or they give me a scarlet letter, and I said, you know what, I'm not in third grade. I'm not inciting a damn thing. I don't know who's making these decisions, but they can go F themselves, so I'm leaving. And then I spent about 45 days telling you I'm leaving, so you would come. And same with Twitter. When Twitter went after the President of the United States, Donald Trump, I decided I'm leaving them too. And then five, over five million of you followed me over to Parler. It's not the easiest place to be. It's not the easiest place to, to work through. But we can do it, and we have done it. And of course, after I made that announcement, Facebook and Twitter, I believe, were concerned about more and more hosts doing it. Unfortunately, more and more did not. And so they tried to destroy Parler. Well, Parler's back. They've tried to destroy Donald Trump. Donald Trump is back. But it's now our turn 
to crush them rather than playing defense. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. So we have these groups out there that self-characterize, if you will, themselves as independent third parties, We see this done among the Marxist left all the time to confound people. And so there's a group that calls itself Political Fact. Now, Political Fact was given birth by a very left-wing publisher. And our friends at uh, Newsbusters.com write, Tim Grant, Political Fact insists they're nonpartisan fact-checkers, that they don't take sides with any politician or party. That's the claim of the editor, Angie Drobnik-Holand. We're independent. We work hard to find the truth, so we follow the facts wherever they take us, regardless who made the claim. Well, that is a lie. It's been a lie in my own experience as well. A new study by the Media Research Center finds that four years ago, PolitiFact offered 52 fact checks with a truthometer uh, during the, uh, the administration of Donald Trump in his first 100 days, while in the same period this year, PolitiFact offered just 13 fact checks of President Biden. That's 52 to 13. Since the media insists Trump is in his own category in truth and falsehood, let's suggest a different metric. On its website, PolitiFact splits its Biden verdicts into fact checks of Biden and fact checks about Biden. Our review of the first 100 days shows 13 fact checks of Biden and 106 fact checks about Biden. That's an 8 to 1 disparity. In other words, they're fact checking people who have dared to question or challenge Biden by a factor of 8 to one. This is a joke. It's a fake operation. It is another one of these left-wing front groups. And they say PolitiFact says. Well, PolitiFact can stick it. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. 
Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You remember Cloward and Piven, right? The two communist uh, professors. Piven has passed away, but Cloward's still here. They were a couple, married. In 1968, they wrote something that you probably haven't heard of. It's called Movements and Dissensus Politics. Not consensus, dissensus. Explicitly arguing that, among other things, incendiarism and riots are legitimate and necessary acts of mass movements. This is from my new book. They declared that poor people win mainly when they mobilize in disruptive protests for the obvious reason that they lack the resources to exert influence in conventional ways. By disruptive protests, we mean acts such as incendiarism, riots, sit-ins, other forms of civil disobedience, great surges in demands for relief benefits, rent strikes, wildcat strikes, or obstructing production on assembly lines. Now, these are two individuals who were tenured professors on the public payroll for the longest time. And I write, the goal is to force the weakening of the system, or as they call it, the regime, making it vulnerable to the movement's demands. They write, mass disruption, both its emergence and its successes, is closely related to electoral politics. When the regime is insecure, it is more likely to bargain actively for support. and may then issue appeals which signal its vulnerability to demands from the bottom. Social movements thrive on conflict. By contrast, electoral politics demands strategies of consensus and coalition. Movements have the impact they do on electoral politics mainly because the issues they raise and the strife they generate widen cleavages among voter groups. We call this dissensus politics as opposed to consensus politics to differentiate it from the usual process of building electoral influence by recruiting adherents and assembling coalitions or what might be called consensus politics. Movements are not likely to have much impact unless economic and social conditions are already eroding established sectoral allegiances and coalitions. But then it is also the case, they write, that significant change-oriented movements are not likely to emerge except during periods of economic and social instability. This is exactly what occurred last summer. And I write, if this seems familiar, it is. The strategy is largely playing out in America's streets and politics as Antifa, BLM, and other Marxist anarchist groups have exploited both the initial 
economic collapse due to the coronavirus and the death of George Floyd. These groups and others have been key in fomenting violent rioting, mostly but not exclusively in the inner cities, militant confrontations with law enforcement, the destruction of public monuments and targeting of federal courthouses, occupying parts of cities and so forth. Piven and Cloward also see opportunity in the transformation of the Democratic Party. I really want you to listen to this. This was written in 1968, but I found it. The discontinuities between social experience, they write, and electoral politics that result from a static party system may well set the stage for realignment. And signs of electoral discontent may even prompt some rhetorical shifts in campaign appeals by major party operatives. That's them. And I comment, indeed, this transformation occurred the last election cycles. Where the leader of the Democrat, the leadership of the Democratic Party was reluctant to criticize the violent revolutionary movements and indeed frequently disparaged efforts to control them. Furthermore, within the Democratic Party, there's a growing allegiance to these movements and their causes. As Pivens and Claret had hoped, which is reflected in part by the party's rhetoric and policy radicalization, including the Biden-Sanders 110-page unity agenda released during the campaign and the growing radicalism of the party's elected membership, including the likes of the so-called squad members. Now, these professors argue that the progress of mass movements will always be too slow, as the American system is too difficult to mold into a truly revolutionary force. But there will be opportunities, they write, to use this system against this system, and to create turmoil from within and without, bringing pressure for revolutionary change. They wrote in 1968, still... Overall, I quote, political leaders remain timid and conservative, trying to suppress the potential for realignment by bridging potential cleavages with general symbols and vague promises. Under these confusing conditions, discontented voters may be as atomized and ineffective as all voters are said to be in the absence of the party system. Social activists must be prepared to abandon the political parties as another way of putting pressure on them. They wrote, just as people have to be mobilized to support parties, and the issues and candidates they put forward, so do they have to be mobilized to desert them. Social movements are often the mobilizers of disaffection. In particular, social movements are politically effective precisely when they mobilize electoral dissatisfaction. And so what do they say? I mean, you're going to have to read the book. They say the Democrat Party is the institution that we need to take over. That it is most ripe. It is most ripe to be taken over. It is most susceptible to the communist movement. They say a hell of a lot more than that, and they're not the only ones. And when you read their words, and I provide a tremendous amount of information for you, you will see where this comes from and what's going on before you get to the end of the book where I propose a number of actions that need to be taken. I want to personally thank those of you who have so far pre-ordered your copy of American Marxism. I think you'll, you'll find this book very, very compelling. And we would to start discussing it on the air, both on radio and on TV. It'll be important that you have it in your hands as soon as possible. Some of you might say, 
Why didn't I get this earlier and give it to my son or my daughter who's in college or going to college? I'm losing them. I raised them to love this country and I'm losing them. Or some of you who, who have raised children who are all in love with this country, but now you're sending them off to high school and college. They need to be prepared. You need to be prepared. Your friends and neighbors need to be prepared. All patriots. You see what they've done to President Trump. You see the reaction of some in the Republican Party. Many in the Republican Party, rhino types, are not going to like this book. It's not an attack on them in any way. But they just assume participate as a minority party in the demise of this republic. You'll ask me why, and I'll say, who cares why? That's just the way they are. They like their jobs. They want to keep their jobs. They have no idea what's swirling around us. And so let me circle back to quote the late great Pasaki. Liz Cheney. No doubt believes she's a warrior against communism and Marxism. And yet as I speak today, she's giving that movement aid and comfort within the United States. The Democrat Party is praising Liz Cheney. Why are they praising Liz Cheney? Because they like the Cheneys, they hate the Cheneys. They wanted her father up on war charges. Liz Cheney, as smart as she may be, is not smart enough to understand what is swirling around. Same with some of our friends at National Review and certainly Paul Gigo at the Wall Street Journal. They don't have a clue. Oh, they'll talk about critical race theory till they're blue in the face. It's bigger than critical race theory. It's deeper than critical race theory. Marxism, American Marxism, has spawned dozens of movements. Dozens. Including in our own media. So to use January 6th as a cudgel to try and destroy a significant percentage of the Republican Party, I would argue the greatest percentage of the Republican Party, with lies. We know they're lies now. And then to say, well, you're against the Constitution, or you you support what took place in the Capitol, but no, I don't. And no, I'm not. And why are you talking like one of them? So I want to personally thank, I can tell, that there are thousands of you who want to get engaged, there are thousands of you who want to learn more, there's thousands of you who are prepared to battle to take your country back from these various Marxist movements and the Democrat Party, which they now pretty much have conquered. And I want to thank you, because the pre-orders are going fabulously well. But it's like everything else there's still not enough pre-orders to build a movement. And make no mistake about it, behind this microphone, as we worked with the Tea Party movement, or back home when I was a young guy working in the Reagan Revolution, and we were fought every step of the way, trust me on this, we need more numbers. 
I keep saying there's more of us than them. I really believe this. So if you get a chance to mosey on over to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or one of them, that would be, I think, greatly appreciated, of course, and I think very, very important. I will tell you something I'm not even allowed to tell you, not even supposed to tell you. The goal is to get to 100,000 pre-orders. We are halfway there. And then the goal, I believe, is to get to a million once the book comes out. And then we have our patriots, we have our base, we have our movement. I'm not asking you to do anything heroic. This is just basic stuff. Unlike the great patriots of the past, I don't have to ride a horse or get on a soapbox or write a pamphlet. I have this microphone. But it's the craziest thing. People need to see it in writing. Books last. Essays last. Radio programs, TV programs, do not. Three Thursdays ago, what did I say on the air? Who knows? I don't even know. It may be profound, but you have to go back and look it up. And yet when you write something, it's just a different way to communicate human being to human being. And I've concluded I have to use whatever platform I can get or that's offered to me to do this. I don't know how long I'm going to be here behind this microphone on TV, writing books. Who knows? Who knows how long you're going to be here? But while we're here, think about the men and women who came before us. If we Americans don't take steps to preserve our republic, it's not going to be preserved. Mitch McConnell's not going to do it. The Republican Party's not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Donald Trump was President of the United States because of you. Ronald Reagan was President of the United States because of you. Consequently, you defeated the Soviet Union. You created the greatest economic growth in American history twice, under Reagan and under Trump. You can do the sorts of things that are necessary to secure this country's border. Folks, we need to go on offense. I told you about this book called Crisis Preparedness. I see now it's number four on Amazon. My attitude is, go ahead, prepare. But the other side never prepares for a crisis, unless they go on offense. They're not saving water or dried foods or anything of the sort. The time has come where they need to write books about preparedness for themselves. Again, I'm not talking about violence in any respect. That's the other side. And when they're violent, their side pretends they're not. We're the ones who condemn it. We can't rely on many of these institutions anymore because these institutions aren't controlled in many respects by patriotic people. 
many and a growing number of corporations, virtually every professional sporting league, with a handful of exceptions, virtually every movie studio, television studio, broadcast companies, left and right. So it's left us. Our public schools have become indoctrination mills. Our colleges and universities have become the plaything of tenured Marxists. And we keep spending and spending and paying and paying, you and me. I hope you'll get your copy of American Marxism. And we'll talk about these things when it comes out. But I want a showing as possible, biggest showing as possible, that we mean business. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time. Because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit LevinforHillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. We have a federal judge in Washington, D.C. She goes by the name of Amy Berman Jackson, a former prosecutor, a clear Democrat hack. If you're in front of this judge and you have ties to the Trump administration, you will not receive fair justice. It's that simple. What can we do about it? You and I can't do a damn thing about it. But this woman should be impeached and removed. She won't be impeached because the Democrats control the House. And she won't be removed because it's a 50-50 Senate. And I guarantee you that uh, probably 10% of the Republicans in the Senate would do anything about it anyway. Now, why am I focused on her? I've talked about her before. With her outrageous gag order against Roger Stone. With putting Paul Minaford in solitary confinement, you have terrorists and mobsters who aren't in solitary confinement. She wanted to help break Manaford. She would not let Stone defend himself in public. And so she would have been a great judge under Vladimir Putin or in Xi's China. She's a disgrace, in my view, in the American justice system. That's my opinion. She does not have the temperament or the independence to be a federal judge. Now, why am I getting angry about this? When we return, I'll explain. I'll be right back. 
is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So let's get to it. Judge Amy Berman Jackson. And I took one of the worst write-ups I could find. That would be CNN. Federal judge this week rejected the Justice Department's attempts to keep secret a departmental opinion to not charge former President Donald Trump with obstruction at the end of the Mueller investigation, calling the administration lawyers disingenuous. Now you see, ladies and gentlemen, the internal workings of the Department of Justice are not, they're not off base, that is, they are subject to FOIA. But certain types of internal workings are not. That is, when you have attorneys in the department, including the Attorney General himself, writing memos, attorney work product, trying to make determinations about various cases and so forth. Typically, that is not available on a FOIA request. Now, why is that? It's not because anybody is necessarily trying to cover up anything. It's because attorneys have to be free to give their opinions in various forms, including in memos or notes. Otherwise, they're simply not going to do it, or they'll do it verbally. So it's very, very important. This is a, a, it's not even a tradition, it is an understanding between the courts and the Department of Justice. Any more than Judge Amy Berman Jackson with one information released about her conversations and initial drafts and memos involving her clerks or perhaps other judges. You see, FOIA doesn't apply to federal judges. FOIA doesn't apply to members of the House. FOIA doesn't apply to members of the Senate. Otherwise, they argue, they wouldn't be able to function. And the same applies to certain aspects of the responsibilities of lawyers who work in the U.S. Attorney's Office or the Department of Justice. So in this case, what Amy Berman Jackson did is she obliterated that line. Not because she wants to uphold the Freedom of Information Act. Not because she believes in integrity in government. Not because she believes in transparency in government. But because the lawyers at the Department of Justice were trying to defend the doctrine that I just explained to you. And in this case, it happens to involve Bill Barr and how he reached his decision on the memo or the letter he wrote saying that what the Mueller document said, that long, big, fat, document filled with crap that that document provided no basis for even charging the president, contemplating charging the president Amy Berman Jackson doesn't like that so even though she wears a black robe the fact of the matter is she's a hack hiding behind a robe 
The department had argued in court, says CNN, that the largely redacted March 2019 memo was legal reasoning that helped then-Attorney General William Barr make a decision. But Federal Judge Amy Berman Jackson said she believed Barr and his advisors had already decided they wouldn't charge the president with a crime before he got the written advice. So in other words, she's projecting. And the memo was partly strategic planning instead of legal reasoning, and therefore it could be made public. Now, this is a disgrace, this opinion, this judge, and everything about her and her courtroom. She is a rogue, out-of-control lawyer, an Obama sycophant. The decision adds to criticism federal judges and others have had about Barr and his handling of the end of the Mueller investigation. Jackson and others, it's really two judges, Emmett Sullivan, another kook, and her. The judge's opinion comes in a lawsuit where the government transparency group, Citizens for Responsibility in Washington, that's crew. See, they're a government transparency group. Do you know they're a left-wing group? Oh, they throw some crumbs at Democrats now and then, but it's a left-wing group. It's called crew. You can do your own Google, duck, duck, bing, however you want to search. So CNN, Caitlin Polance calls it a government transparency group. Have you ever heard of a government transparency group? Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington is seeking access to DOJ documents through the Freedom of Information Act. Crew and several other groups are still trying to pry new records from the Mueller investigation into the public's eye through lawsuits and other challenges. Now, why are they doing that? Isn't Trump a private citizen now? What, what are they hung up on? Is Liz Cheney aware about, of, of this? Is she, is she concerned about this? See, this opens the door to another couple of points I want to make. You have an elected district attorney in Manhattan by the name of Cyrus Vance Jr. His old man was a leftist, served as the, I think it was Secretary of State, the initial Secretary of State under uh, Jimmy Carter, a disastrous president. (laughs) Excuse me. His national security advisor was Big New Brzezinski. Say that five times. Big New was a disaster, so he had an incredibly uh, awful foreign policy and foreign policy team. But Cyrus Vance's son is an elected left-wing Democrat from Manhattan. He's the DA there, and he's been pursuing President Trump's tax returns. His tax returns. And the U.S. Supreme Court said he could, but... No fishing expedition, Cy, but of course, Cy, I'm sure, is on a fishing expedition. Looking for something. And the feds jump in, the Southern District of New York. Go after Rudy Giuliani. Under a pretext, a phony claim of a potential violation of the Foreign Registration Act, which is a joke. It's like the Logan Act. But now they seized all of his information. And despite the fact that he has attorney-client privilege information, attorney work product information, confidential information, and privileged information, including his representation of the President of the United States, where you typically would have a court with a prosecution and a defense arguing over what's called a privileged list. 
where the defense puts together a list of the documents and explains why they think certain documents, pages of documents, words and documents, are privileged. And the judge takes a look at all this in chambers. What this Justice Department did is it seized all the records. And now Rudy Giuliani is forced to make a claim to get the records back. And it turns out that over a year ago, they already got his information, or a lot of it, by going into the so-called cloud where information is stored. Without Rudy's knowledge. So like with Roger Stone and Paul Manafort, here they're treating Rudy like he is the uh, criminal of the century. Because they want to damage him, of course, they're after Trump. They also took Victoria Tonsing's cell phone. Her cell phone. You have that going on. You have prosecutorial abuse of the likes we've never seen before against a former president and people who were around him. Lawyers. As if Donald Trump doesn't have a right to a lawyer. They're trouncing all over our constitutional civil uh, system, civil liberties, And this judge in Washington, D.C. is just the latest. They're all Democrats. Notice the Attorney General of New York, same thing. The DA of Manhattan, same thing. This judge, Amy Berman Jackson, same thing. And this is a huge problem. You saw this with Emmett Sullivan and Michael Flynn. We've never seen anything like the conduct of Emmett Sullivan. He shouldn't be on the bench. He should be disbarred, in my humble opinion. That's my opinion. He should be disbarred for the way he conducted himself. So all these judges talk. You, you need to know a lot of them. They have a conference room. Sometimes they'll have lunch together. Sometimes the Democrats, that is those appointed by Democrats, are kind of hauled off on one side. Those appointed by Republicans. I know I've seen it. I've been there many years ago. So they have their little cliques. And you better believe them. It's Solomon. And this one here. You better believe they pals, they've consulted, and if they get cases in front of them, they intend to even scores, and that's exactly what this, this Obama judge did. If our system worked, she'd be thrown the hell off the bench. It's like the FISA court. It's overseen by a federal district judge in Washington, D.C. Now there's evidence of more abuses out of that FISA court. The FISA court... The court is a federal district judge who sits in a secret room. It's like a safe. A safe room. Yes, I've been there too. As a former chief of staff. So these judges, Sullivan, Berman, the chief judge of the district, they have done a lousy job of upholding the Constitution of the United States and due process. In fact, they've done more than a lousy job. They have used their positions to try and cripple the prior administration 
And now they're using their positions to try and damage these men when they're out of office. This judge's ruling, despite her sanctimony, despite her narcissism, are a disgrace in any honest lawyer, of which there aren't enough, and any objective lawyer, of which there are even less. They would tell you so. But when it comes to the district court in Washington, D.C., she is the worst. She is the absolute worst. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Jim Pasaki at the White House today. You will hear what she says and what she says on behalf of her idiot boss about speech in America. Just how quickly our unalienable rights are destroyed with just a couple of blinks of the eye. Cut eight, go. Facebook has decided to keep former President Trump off of its platform for now. Senator Ted Cruz tweeted the following. For every liberal celebrating Trump's social media ban, if the big tech oligarchs can muzzle the former president, what's to stop them from silencing you? What do you make of that comment? Does he have a point? Well, let me first say that um, this is an independent board's decision. Uh, and uh, No, it's not an independent board's decision. It's a Facebook board filled with a bunch of lunatics. Go ahead of the former president's social media platform. That's a decision that uh, it sounds like the independent board punted back. To no, Facebook. it's not an independent board. It is a board of left-wing lunatics. Go ahead. Six months, as I know you all have reported. Um, the president's view Don't is Don't you that love her sanctimony, this idiot? Like she actually knows something. She's an idiot. Works for an idiot, is an idiot. Go ahead. The major platforms uh, have a responsibility uh, related to the health and safety of all Americans uh, to stop amplifying untrustworthy content. Oh, I see. I see. So Facebook and Twitter are now the entities that determine what is trustworthy and truthful content. Is that how they got their preference back in 1995? Of course not. And of course, big media, too. 
big media will determine what the facts are and what the truth is. Now, if that's true, then according to the New York Times, there never would have been and never was a Holocaust. There never was a uh, Joseph Stalin starvation of millions of Ukrainians. And not just the New York Times. Oh, we have to rely on them, do we? The Hunter Biden story that was covered up, remember? Remember the whistleblower? We couldn't know the whistleblower's name, even though we knew the name. Oh, yes, we must rely on the media. Because the Democrats own the media. They own the old media, they own the new media. We had some hope for the new media that it would be real competition with the old media. But they're the same damn thing. Go ahead. And misinformation, especially related to COVID-19, vaccinations, and elections. Uh, misinformation related to COVID-19 and vaccinations. You know what this sounds like to me? The communist regime in China. The fascist regime in Russia. The Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. Call them what you will and where they are. That they have to determine what the truth is. Not you. You're too stupid. You plebes. You're too stupid. Pay the taxes. Make the country work. While the politicians are hiding behind masks in their desks and in their basements, you're there putting the groceries on the shelves, driving the trucks, making sure there's, there's gasoline for people's cars, making the PPE and all the rest. But the politicians are hiding. They're wearing masks. They're telling you what to do and how to do it and where to do it. And you're too stupid to read something and draw your own conclusion. But isn't America about reading something and drawing your own conclusion? You're going to have a bunch of left-wing ideologues in a five-mile square area of California filled with a bunch of pukes telling you what to think? Go ahead. We've seen that over the past ah, several Ah, shut months. up, you idiot. I can't even stand you, to be perfectly honest with it. If I'm anything, I'm honest. Now let's hear her talk about the First Amendment. Cut, 11, uh, cut nine, go. More that needs to be done. Are there any concerns, though, about uh, First Amendment rights? And where does the White House draw the line on that? Well, look, I think we are, of course, a believer in First Amendment rights. I think what the decisions are that the social media platforms need to make is how they address the disinformation, misinformation, especially... Hey, listen, we're for the First Amendment, except for those who put out disinformation and misinformation. Is that what the First Amendment says? That's number one. That's number one. Hey, hey, we're all for the First Amendment, except when people don't agree with us. Then, then we have to fix the misinformation and the disinformation. Here we have a government mouthpiece, a hack, telling you what the First Amendment's about. The First Amendment is about us holding her accountable, not the other way around. And while the First Amendment isn't directly implicated, many of you are thinking it's not the government, I have made the point that as long as the government protects these oligarchs, which it does through that Rule 230, Section 230, as long as it protects them, then it is, in effect, a mouthpiece for the government. I'll be right back. New American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. 
Let us go to Mark, Springfield, Illinois. Springfield, Illinois, home of Abraham Lincoln, really. One of a few, but really the heart and soul. XM Satellite. Mark, how are you, sir? Mark, I'm doing really well. I appreciate you getting me on. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, sir. Abraham Lincoln may be the only uh, only statue not torn down here in the state at this point. Unbelievable. We're kind of in communist Illinois. Communist Illinois, honestly. It's kind of, uh, we're a mess here. We are a mess. Mm-hmm. Our Pritzker, uh, our governor is, uh, I call him Little Caesar. but uh, he, He's a fool. Whole story, so. Yes. He's, he's trying to be relevant. He had a lot of money, he just wants to be relevant, which is mm-hmm. very sad. So, Mark, I want to tell you, uh, my brother and I, uh, it's his birthday today, but uh, he and I uh, took... Well, happy birthday to your brother. Well, thank you very much. I'll tell him. What is his first uh, name? We took over our father's company. His brother, my brother's name is Tony. All right, Tony. Happy birthday. Go right ahead. So uh, we took over our father's business in 1985, a steel fabrication plant in Springfield, and uh, we've uh, we've done very well. We're very fortunate. This is just an unbelievable community. Uh, it's kind of like the only part of Illinois that's uh, not nuts, not liberal nuts. So we took over, and we were doing the, we were doing 14, there's 14 pump stations being built, were being built by, on the XL pipeline from Canada uh, down through Lincoln, uh, or uh, Steel City, Nebraska. And we just finished the Steel City, Nebraska pump station, and we're about ready to start another pump station in Burns, Iowa, I believe. And when Biden canceled the XL pipeline four, six hours after he took office. Our company that is Union in Springfield, Illinois, one of the few Union steel shops south of I-80, south of Chicago, but we lost 4,000 man hours of Union labor in our shop uh, that was going to start in March. And that's a fact. And, you know, not many people, you you put a a number on it, 4,000 man hours is a huge project for us. And our, and our union employees are taking the hit on that. And honestly, our union guys are all pretty conservative. They just want to make sure that people who get money work for it. And they're, very, they're not very happy with what's going Most on. Most private sector union guys are conservative. Many of them are Republicans, not as much in the public sector for obvious reasons. Mark, these guys work hard. They work mm-hmm. hard for their money. They work hard for a family business. We support them. They support us. And the fact of it is is that 4,000 man-hours was a huge loss to our company. Now, we're trying to backfill as much as we can, but it's very hard. I understand. So I did I did yesterday. I was, I, you know, I, I, I'm listening to you on the, on the radio at work, by the way. I'm still here at 630, uh, 6.30 p.m. But yesterday I went online and I ordered, uh, listened to you, I ordered 50 of your new books. Holy mackerel. Uh, they're going to come in in July. Uh, you That's know, very kind of back you. Back in August, well, you know what? I know that Amazon, it was hard, Mark, it was hard to find the books on Amazon's site. Yeah, I know. They don't make it easy. I got it. Unbelievable. They yep. No, it was terrible. And I finally, I finally nailed it down. Um, I bought 40 of your... Um, your books in 2013 on the Liberty Amendments. I was supposed to get a signed one. I never got it. But, uh, but, but wait, you called it. here and you were supposed to get one and never got it? I, it never, it never showed up. Mr. Producer, we will do that. We're usually pretty good at that. 
But let, let us, before you hang well, up, we'll get your address. You're very kind. But just so you know, I bought 50. Uh, I've got uh, three beautiful daughters. Uh, hopefully one of them will read the book. That's the one Who are you going to give them to, your daughters and who else? That's a lot of books. Well, I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them to my employees. I'm going to give them to my friends. I'm going to distribute it to uh, to everybody here at our company. I'll distribute it to my conservative friends. I'll try to give them to some of the people that aren't so conservative. And mm-hmm. honestly, Mark, I might be buying more than 50 when it's all done because mm-hmm. it may. you'd be surprised how fast the 40 I bought uh, back in 2013. I think it was 2013 when your, your Liberty Amendments came mm-hmm. out. And uh, I've, I've read the other two since then. Um, I mean, the last chapter, I, I, you got to be a little smarter than than, than uh, a U of I engineer sometimes to read to read your books because they're 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 pretty good and they're they're pretty deep. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've, I've, I'm in, into the last chapter of the of the last one about the uh, the morons in, in our media. I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you, the media they're disgraceful. Mm-hmm. It's sad, and uh, the social media. It's just, it's just pitiful, just pitiful. Well, so, first of all, I, I, I want to thank you for being a small businessman and trying to do the best you can, and you got devoured by the uh, Obama, excuse me, by the Biden agenda. This anti-energy agenda, again, is, and you'll see, people, what are you throwing that? That's part of the degrowth movement. It's part of the, um, uh, it, it, is, it is spawned from the Marxist movement. This will all be made abundantly clear when you read one of your 50 copies of the book. And, uh, and we, I greatly appreciate that. And uh, I'm glad you're spreading the word because it's going to take people like you in middle America pushing out the books, pushing out the word. And I want everybody open to this. I don't care if they're working, hard-working Democrats or Republicans, union, non-union, white-collar, blue-collar, no-collar, atheist, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, we're going to have to put aside some of our pettier differences or our, even our lifestyle differences and try and save this country because that's the bottom line. And I'm asking everybody who believes in this country and loves this country to unite. And you'll see uh, when you get the book the arguments that I've made. And, Mark, don't hang up. I want to make sure you get a copy of what, you, what I uh, offered to you. And I want to thank you a, a great deal. Thank you very, very much. All right. Let's see here. Uh, let us go to Tyler, Minneapolis, the great KSGF. Uh, how are you? I am very pleased. Thank you for taking my call. It's you got it. uh, amazing just to be able to share a sentence or two with a brilliant mind like yours. Uh, I also pre-ordered your book. I actually ordered the CDs. Thank I feel you, like I'd like to listen to it over and over in my car as I've listened to you and grown to know you over these decade-plus years. I've listened to you. Man, anyway, I, I love you guys. Thank you very, very much, Tyler. We love you so much, too. And we really I love your bumper. It says your revolution starts here, and I've been waiting for that the call to that revolution for a long time, listening yeah. to you and, and others who hold this, this liberty torch as high as they can. But I'm really, really afraid, I think, that my brain would stop and disbelief if you could only give me a new fact. But I believe that our, our snake is the Department of Justice. I believe that we've been overcome by the CIA and the NSA and the FBI and all these people who I don't know what could have seduced them mm-hmm. as hard as away from America and our values and our morals. But in the, the 90s, we were just 
overrun. Our, our, our Justice Department's been overtaken, and we can't win without two branches of the military, two generals, and every single National Guardsman to uh, take our, our liberty and our, and our house back and put things in order. We've, we've lost, Mark. I think we're afraid to say it, but this is it. We're subjugated. Well, we can't people. give up, and I'm not going to give up. Uh, I do understand where your head is. I really do. And um, and that day may be here. It may be coming. We're about to find out. But there are things we can do now, hopefully, before it is too late. And that's, uh, look, I'm not God here. I'm not a prophet. I'm not any of these things. I'm just a red-blooded American who loves his country and is trying to find out ways to to mobilize as many minds out there as many people in their own communities and neighborhoods to do what has to be done without the violence, without the arson, without the looting, without the lawlessness. But now we need to go on offense. We need to push back. We need to understand exactly what this enemy is. That's a significant part of the book. I don't call them progressives. I never have, actually. Uh, Not democratic socialists. None of that stuff. They've got to be called what they are. And they have to be uh, confronted. I'm not saying confront them with baseball bats. I'm saying they have to be confronted, and we're going to confront them. Whether it's at school board meetings or at corporate shareholder meetings or whatever it is, it's our turn now. Let them write the books about uh, crisis preparedness. We have a right to defend what is ours. What is ours are unalienable rights in this country. It's the whole point of the book. So, Tyler, keep your chin up. We're going to make a run at this, and I will be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Let me just say this. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And those of you who are still lucky to have your mother, just be as sweet as you possibly can be. Be with her. Love her. You do anyway. Because they're, when they're not here anymore, let me tell you, it's a big hole in your life. It just is, as many of you know. It's a big, big hole in your life. We have a big uh, convention going on here this weekend in Virginia to choose the Republican nominee for statewide constitutional offices. I know who I like and I know who I'm voting for. 
But I've decided not to put my finger on the scale. There are some very solid conservatives running for the nomination for governor, for lieutenant governor, and for attorney general. As I say, I know who I'm voting for. But it's not a case where there's one and only one um, that would draw the support of conservatives. So I'm biting my tongue and grinding my teeth. And I will let the delegates at the convention. And I like the convention process. Of course, the media hate it, but I like it. To, uh, to make their choice. This state of Virginia, like other states, slipped out of our hands about six years ago. Maybe eight years ago. For the same reasons all red states are turning purple and purple turning blue. Immigration, chain migration, and the mobility of Democrats out of the New England and Northeast states, out of the Midwest cities and the far west cities, into red states where they destroy them. That's why I call them locusts. I call the liberal Democrats locusts. They take their pensions with them. They go into these red states and they vote Democrat. It's all they know. It's all they care about. They believe in redistribution of wealth. We have to admit this. They believe in this Marxist oppressor oppressed model. They believe in Sticking it to the rich, even though the top 1% of this country pay about 30% of the taxes, almost 40% of the taxes. They don't want to hear from nothing. Even though the bottom 50% in this country pay about 4% of the taxes, and bottom, bottom percent get tax refunds for taxes they never filed. So we have a very perverse system. They call progressive, as they would. Over the years, I've argued for either a flat income tax or a national sales tax. Either one, I don't much care, but neither one has any chance right now. Do you hear anybody talking about that? Anybody? Now, what you hear about now is tyranny, massive confiscation of wealth. Because the Democrats figured out a long time ago, the top 1% represent a very small number of people. You can do whatever you want. Now they've bought off many in the top 1% who support them, so they protect them and they find other ways to make their fortune with the government largesse. I mean, folks, the trillions and trillions of dollars before it reaches anybody has to go through the hands of somebody. It goes through the hands of the bureaucrats, yes. But it has to go through the hands of people in the private sector before it gets down to the bottom. And that's what these billionaires and multimillionaire Democrats are banking on. Sure, sure, you want electric cars? Sure, I'll have an electric car dealership. I'll control electric batteries. I'll control other material that have to go into the electric cars. I just need some of the contracts to build the, the charging stations. Oh, I got it all figured out. Sure, and not only that, I'm righteous, you see. I'm against climate change. There's always an angle, but it's your money. There's always an angle, but it's your money. People make a fortune 
off of government, off of your backs, off of your hard work. And then they claim to care about you. Oh, listen. We have to make sure these people are taken care of. We don't want to be taken care of. We want to be left alone. We can take care of ourselves. You heard the gentleman call from Illinois. The plant he runs, the union employees he has, less so now as a result of what Biden did. All right, we have a whole lot more, as we always do. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number is 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. This in Breitbart, Democrats blamed after U.S. Steel cancels $1.5 billion project in Pennsylvania, writes John Binder. Executives with the U.S. Steel Corporation announced days ago they are canceling a $1.5 billion project in western Pennsylvania that was set to bring thousands of middle-class union jobs to the region, a move that many are now blaming on Democrats and environmental groups, on April 30, U.S. Steel President David Barrett announced that a $1.5 billion project to majorly improve its Mon Valley Works operation with state-of-the-art steel casting, rolling technology, and a cogeneration plant is being canceled. The cancellation means about 1,000 union construction jobs will be lost for the region. Likely thousands more U.S. jobs in supporting industries will be lost, too. U.S. Steel is also idling Batty's 1, 2, and 3 in Clariton Plant by 2023, which accounts for about 17% of Coke production, not Coca-Cola. The decision is intended to improve, quote, environmental performance. That decision, U.S. Steel executive said, is unlikely to lead to layoffs for its 130 full-time employees. But the cancellation of the Mon Valley Works investment came after U.S. Steel's permitting process, with the Allegheny County Health Department was delayed due to the Chinese coronavirus. Republicans and others in Pennsylvania are now placing blame on Democrats and their allies in the environmental lobby for creating a hostile business environment that helped kill off the job-creating project. Oh, it's going to get worse. These union bosses in the private sector that have led your, you folks, you members, astray, you ought to kick their ass out too. There ought to be a revolution in the union movement, the private sector union movement, the men and women who work with their hands and get dirt under their nails. You folks really need new le- union leadership. There's simply no question about it. These union leaders, they thrown with a party that hates you, a party that demeans you. They're throwing in with the no-growthers. And what you'll learn from this book also is the war, still a war on the Industrial Revolution. 
that occurred quite a long time ago, but nonetheless, the benefits of the Industrial Revolution are undebatable. Except they don't believe in the Industrial Revolution, and Marx predicted that would be the fall of, among other places, the United States, with the rise of the proletariat. Didn't happen. Tell me, is the assembly line worker in America better off than the assembly line worker in the old Soviet Union? You better believe. And same with, you compare our our workers with any workers in any of these communist regimes, in terms of freedom, in terms of uh, even luxuries. Go to a grocery store. The options we have a grocery store, ladies and gentlemen, for anybody who goes in the grocery store, demonstrates what a classless society. Classless meaning non-class society, not lacking class. So that's really, truly amazing how the Democrats are going to go through one industry at a time and destroy them. They must. What do you think it means to be at zero carbon dioxide? Zero carbon dioxide by 2035. What do you think that means? That means every smokestack industry is going to die. That means anything with a muffler is likely to die. People should think about what this means to the economy. Biden has no idea. They want to destroy our economy. This isn't about clean environment. Who are these people? You're going to learn all about them. It's time to take the varnish off, ladies and gentlemen, and that begins now. I've been holding on to this piece. I just haven't had time to get to it. ScienceAlert.com slash the Amazon rainforest. You know what's amazing about this? I think last week when I was broadcasting from Florida, I said, notice we never hear about the Amazon anymore. Remember that, Mr. Producer? All the vegetation, because it creates an enormous amount of what? Or requires an enormous amount of what? Carbon dioxide. Well, we have to hate carbon dioxide, so we have to hate the Amazon now, the Brazilian Amazon says the Brazilian Amazon released nearly 20% more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere over the last decade than it absorbed. According to a stunning report that shows humanity can no longer depend on the world's largest tropical forest to help absorb human-made carbon pollution. Oh, I see. The Amazon is flourishing. All vegetated areas of the world are flourishing. They're flourishing. And so that has to be ended. From 2010, it writes, through 2019, Brazil's Amazon basin gave off 16.6 billion tons of CO2, while drawing down only 13.9 billion tons. We half expected it, but it's the first time that we have figures showing that the Brazilian Amazon has flipped and is now a net emitter. The Amazon is emitting, Mr. Producer, so what should we do? Should we cut it down? These people are nuts. And as an aside, I also told you that a gentleman who built our home in Florida, he told us, or, or one of his supervisors did, that the price of lumber is up 300%. There's a piece today in a major economics publication that says the price is up 280%. There's a shortage of lumber. 
And, of course, they talk about, well, because the mills were shut down. That No, no. It's because of the restrictions on cutting lumber, on cutting down trees. The shortages are beginning, folks. They say there's going to be shortages of gasoline and all fuels this summer. Shortages of lumber, driving up costs. So supplies drive up prices. Massive deficit spending, in effect printing money, is also going to drive up prices and drive down the value of your paycheck. Amazing to hear Biden say none of your taxes are going to go up if you earn $400,000 or less. First of all, not only is that a lie, as is stated, but inflation is the worst tax. Because you can have money in the bank. You can have money in your pension. And it's going to lose value. Yesterday, and again, I didn't get to it. I just started pulling these articles. I talked about this last week, too, you'll recall. Same show I was talking about. We don't hear about the Amazon anymore. Because the Amazon's no good anymore. That's how extreme this whole Marxist degrowth movement has become. And of course, if we really want to control carbon dioxide, Mr. Producer, what do we do? Population control. The fact that you're breathing is creating carbon dioxide. Population control. Basically degrowth. That's the movement. That's the commie movement that they've dressed up as climate change. You know yourselves the price of gasoline is going up. The price of electricity is going up. Those of you who use natural gas and oil, the price is going up. This is from finance.yahoo news. Inflation looks to be in warp overdrive, judging by the wearing commentary by corporate chieftains this earnings season. Mentions of inflation on first quarter corporate earnings calls have exploded 800% year over year, according to new research from Bank of America security strategist. By sector, inflation was most prevalent in materials, consumer, and industrial companies. Most sectors have cited inflation more than the historical norm. Some of the biggest jumps in inflation mentioned were tied to transportation, materials, and labor outlays. So far, inflation hasn't crushed the bottom lines of companies as the world economies are roaring back. Demand is strong for goods and services, but we are seeing, quote, we are seeing substantial inflation. Berkshire Hathaway CEO Warren Buffett said at the Berkshire Hathaway annual shareholder meeting, an exclusively live stream video. We are raising prices. People are raising prices to us, and it's being accepted. Buffett called out much higher steel costs impacting Berkshire's housing and furniture businesses. Mattress giant. Temper Sealy said it was forced to impose a price increase on April 1 because of higher chemical costs. Not only that, the people who make the bed frames, I told you this the other day, they're having trouble getting the steel, the fabricated steel. So there are now weights and price increases. Here's another one, Wall Street Journal news side. Inflation is more of a threat than the Fed say. The velocity of money will increase significantly, just as the 27% surge in M2 since the outbreak of the pandemic works its way through the economy. So the first massive 
multi-trillion dollar bill is still working its way through the economy. Then we had another one that was passed early on in the Biden regime. Now they want to vote on another one. They call it infrastructure. And then after that, they want to vote on another one. And what these people are saying is, oh, my God. The economy was already growing without any of this. Now you're going to have massive taxation, taking money out of companies. You're going to create massive inflation. We're going to have shortages of materials. We're going to have to increase prices for everything. In other words, Biden and the crackpots who surround him are doing everything wrong. Exactly the opposite of what they're supposed to be doing. Regarding Mickey Levy and Mike Bardos, the Fed in the sand as inflation threatens op-ed, this writer says, I've been calling on Fed Chairman Jerome Powell to release his plan to curb the effects of inflation for several months. Last month, I finally heard back from him. He told me he doesn't want inflation that substantially exceeds 2% or inflation for a prolonged period. But then he goes on about That's an impossibility. New York Times, even. Widespread commodity shortages raise inflation fears. Commodity shortages. Energy shortages. I read a piece to you the other day. Paper goods shortages. Toilet paper and paper towels. This summer. Commodity shortages, according to the Times... A rippling across the United States economy as growing demand for housing, cars, electronics, and other goods runs up against supply chain congestion and high tariffs left behind by former President Donald Trump. See, these people are disgusting. They are real POSs, don't you think, Mr. Producer? That's not what's happening. Industries know that they have to, rather than expand, they have to contract. Because there's going to be massive tax bills, massive expenses due to an increase in the minimum wage, massive limits on what they can do given to regulations. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, the inmates are now in charge. All the little Marxists running around, oh, yes, drawing up their plans, rejiggering society, reengineering your lives. Oh, they've got a hold of everything here. They're just having a ball. With the lunatic who's in charge of them, that would be Biden. Let's see, what else do we have here? We have Bloomberg. What top wealth advisors are warning their rich clients about. This is all in the same day or two. It's not all about crypto. Wealth managers at some of the largest U.S. firms say they've been advising their clients about broader investing concerns, such as inflation and interest rates. As the U.S. economy reopens and the Biden administration pushes for dramatic changes to the tax code. That's Bloomberg. That's the New York Times, despite their propaganda. That's the Wall Street Journal news section. That's finance.yahoo. None of them conservative or right-wing. None of them really are pro-capitalism, for that matter. Every one of them warning about inflation. I warned about it last week. You need to get your own household in order, whether it's your mortgage, whatever it is. 
You need to try and get prepared as best as you can. Because what they're about to do to this economy is unprecedented. None of it is necessary. I've talked about it here before. Somebody wrote about it today or yesterday. There is no reason for any of this. I've pointed this out to you many times. There's no reason for this. Even a Keynesian model. There's no reason for massive debt and massive deficit spending. There's no reason for massive economic dislocation, regulation, redistribution of wealth, unless you are embracing the Marxist agenda and you don't give a crap that this economy and society folds or not. By the way, where are our great generals, Madison, Kelly? Aren't they concerned about all this? Where are the generals today? I'm sure they're giving speeches on how to hate Donald Trump. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Say we do not have a ton of time here before the break, but let's try and slip in a caller, shall we? Yes, we can. Uh, let us go to uh, Glenn, Ontario, California, the great AM870, the great KRLA. How are you? Hey, Mr. Levin. I'm doing well. Um, you know, I told the call screener uh, I wanted to preface everything that I want to say with, I found you in 2013 when I was a truck driver. And um, you've really shaped my whole ideological perspective in life. I really thank you. Thank I have you. All your books. I've bought all your literature. I started off uh, when you oh, when you guys uh, did the digital platform CRTV. I was one of the first people to be there with you guys. And, you know, I just I, have a, I want to thank you for uh, helping me and shaping me. And um, we need you. We need your perspective on life. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I told the cold screener that there's a there's a um, bookstores in the Phoenix area called HPB Half Price Books. I found uh, Liberty and Tyranny, the Liberty Amendments, pretty much all your literature, anywhere from a dollar, one to five dollars. And when I was, <laughs> when Kelly Ward was campaigning against uh, John McCain back in yeah. um, 14, uh, I take that back, 15, uh, yeah. I was at, a, I was at a, cam- a campaign rally and I gave away three of your books there. Thank and you. So I just, uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank you immensely. Keep doing what you're doing. You're a fighter and there's millions, millions of us behind you. And um, you, for me, you've taken over for Rush. Uh, you're you're the no. American patriot that I always go to for um, for for clarity. And um, so, yeah, I just want to thank you. Keep doing what you're doing, Mr. Levin. Uh, and I just want to I'm a I'm a young Latino millennial. So you're making inroads. The education system can only keep us to the extent that people like me 
don't hear the truth. But when we get the truth from people like you, that's where the, 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 the noose comes off of us, and we can finally breathe the sense of liberty and freedom. So I, I just want to thank you. I really do thank you, Mr. Levin. Well, thank you, my friend. You, I, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say other than you're extraordinarily kind. And uh, I really, really appreciate that. You've really touched me. Um, obviously, I can't replace Rush, but those are, uh, those are very, very kind words. Thank you. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Some people talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now. 877-381-3811. You know, it's interesting. We only have certain avenues to communicate with each other. We have this platform, we have Fox, and very few other cable programs. You have Newsmax and OAN, both excellent. And um, some newspapers and so forth. But one of the greatest avenues we have to communicate with each other is a book. You even saw Josh Hawley. Even though there was an effort to stop his book, he got his book out. So for we conservatives, probably more than ever before, books, the right books and the right authors are more important than ever before. We can't use big tech. We can't use big media. We only have so much time on radio and on TV. This is also one of the reasons why I think Blaze TV is so important in the Levin TV program. We can spend as much time speaking to you as we wish without interruption. But for us now, books are crucially important. We've come full circle now. From the colonial days, the printing press, the pamphleteers, we've come full circle. And so while some people in our society don't really read anymore, we have to read. It's one of the few avenues we have left to communicate with each other, unmolested and uninterrupted. And you get to choose what you read and who you trust. 
So for we conservatives, when we're trying to rally around ideas and trying to rally against certain other ideas, one of the most important mechanisms we have today goes all the way back to the printing press. Not even the internet. Not even terrestrial radio. Not even cable. It's the printing press again. It's the printed word. And so we need to spread the word. We need to use writing. We need to use books. We need to communicate with each other. We need to communicate with our family members, get ideas across to them. This is the way we have to do it. Reading, books, doesn't mean you have to be a bookworm. Doesn't mean you have to be a green eye shaped person. Pick and choose. Pick and choose. But we are back to Thomas Paine and the pamphleteers. But this time we're talking about our books. They're trying to destroy our ways of communicating on the internet. They're trying to destroy our ability to get honest information in the media. There is great pressure on radio hosts and TV hosts all across this country. There is, in some cases, the banning of books, if you will, the burning of books. But you and me, and several others of us, it's a crucially important, gravely important way for us to communicate with each other. And that's one of the reasons I spend all these hours and days doing it. Because I don't have to, but I must. Each of us have our own role in this. Each of us have our own responsibility in this. This is mine. Brian! California on the Mark Levin app. Brian, how are you, sir? The great one. I'm doing well. It's a privilege and an honor to speak with you. Well, the great big one anyway, but thank you. (laughs) And getting bigger and bigger, and my wife's getting uh, very upset with me, and I don't blame her. Anyway, go right ahead. Uh, Sir, I'm I'm an active-duty military member, so I have to be careful with my words. Well, uh, God bless you. Don't make a terrible... Thank you. Uh, Don't make a terrible lot of money with the savings side, but I'm deciding that I'm going to take the investment money I put aside every month and put it towards... Buying some more of your books. I've already got two on order. All right, listen to me. Don't get mad at me. I don't want you. I want you to keep your money. I don't. I mean, you're serving your country. You're living on a uh, a very limited budget. You're already doing your part. And in fact, I want to take your name and address, and I want to make sure you get a signed copy. They won't be out for a bit, but when they do, I want to take care of it. So. I'm going to let you finish your point, though. Go right ahead. Uh, well, sir, on top of that, I wanted to add, uh, had uh, went out to dinner with my wife uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we noticed uh, on the bill there was a 4% surcharge added after taxes, after everything else. And upon asking our waiter about it, and he had to ask his manager more and more, with the $14 minimum wage that's already in place for servers, the answer from the manager was they they have to throw that on there as a surcharge to cover their difference between the back office costs and what the uh, servers are paying, what they're paying the servers. So that's it's already getting transferred onto us. 
And, and, and it has to be, and that's the way it's going to work. So when Biden goes on about no tax increase, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it at the grocery store. You're going to feel it at a restaurant. You're going to feel it at the filling station. All of these efforts, they can't get enough money unless they target people like you. Because that's where the population is. And so they need to target what are, in effect, hundreds of millions of people. And so a nickel here, a dollar here, $5 here, it all adds up. It all goes to the big government. And they, what do they do? They redistribute it to what? To their base, pretty much. To their base. It's awful. I really feel bad, particularly for people like you, who are on a limited budget and are serving our country. Well, I appreciate it greatly. I think I'm still going to buy some more of those, uh, some more of your books, so I can pass them on to others. Well, listen. God bless you, and definitely, uh, Mr. Producer, don't let this gentleman go without getting his name and address. And I want to keep a good, strong list here that we're going to follow up on. And, and thank you for your service. Be safe, sir. I mean that. All right, let's go to Henry. I've not asked for these calls; they're just pouring in. Where's Henry? What state is Henry in? I can't hey. tell from this. What state Alabama. are you in, Henry? Alabama. Where? Alabama. What town Alabama. are you in? Haleyville. H-A-L-E-V-I-L. Now, how far is Haleyville from, say, Huntsville? Uh, about an hour and a half, almost two hours. So you're what? Further south? Yeah, I'm I'm south of Huntsville and north of Birmingham. All right, I know where right you in are. In the middle. Yep. Let's smack in the middle. That's a great state. I love Alabama. Hartsville and a couple other little towns. Yeah, Mark, I also wanted to mention, other than my topic that I called on, you know, bureaucrats found out a long time ago that regulations were price controls. So uh, what they're do- they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and this is a form. Uh, inflation is a form of price controls, and the government is going to come in and say, "Oh well, we can control these prices from overburdening." These- and they did that before, didn't they? In the 1970s, a Republican did that by the name of Nixon. Yes, and uh, wage and price controls. Maybe you'll figure out uh, the book that I read that mentioned this about Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill said something that always stuck in my mind, and that is he said that Europe suffered from a hush. A hush had overcome uh, Europe right before Chamberlain gave half of Czechoslovakia away to the, to the Reich. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he said, uh, Winston Churchill mentioned that a silence had overcome Europe. And you know what? This book should be of yours, and I love your books. And I, I don't want to go on about them, but what, what, what brain food? Talk about the, the nourishing the mind. Anyway, oh, boy, the, I, I, I'm um, getting a big head today. Thank you. <laughs> well, to read one of your books. <laughs> yeah. You get a big head of knowledge. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, Mark, I do appreciate them, and I appreciate you. You, you. you know, a lot of people don't realize how radio is such hard work. And, uh, you know, I would love to get into it, but it's too hard work. I'd rather go ahead and just sit on my butt. Well, let me say this. You're very kind, but it is. it does involve a lot more work than TV, to be perfectly honest. The thing I don't like about TV is having to wear makeup, but I swore I'm not going to wear a tie unless I have to. So Sunday nights, you'll see I don't wear a tie. And the same thing about that show he had. Uh, he'd rather be in radio. It was uh, uh, the, yeah, rush. the TV was just a, mm-hmm. a lot of trouble. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't. It just wasn't his forte. But you know, I want to also mention that 
we have to have we have to not stay silent and have mm-hmm. an over a hush overcome our nation, which we're starting to have. You know, it's one thing being forced uh, by people to be shut up. But it's another to shut yourself up. Mm-hmm. Do not shut ourselves up. We cannot allow that to happen. Well, they, they do that with shaming. They do that with the cancel culture. And you are right on. You are right on. I want to thank you, my friend. I very much appreciate your call, Henry. And uh, some of the best meals I've ever had are in the state of Alabama. You take care of yourself. Man, oh, man, there's some great little restaurants there. I used to go to a place called Gibson's in Huntsville. Unbelievable food. Unbelievable. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Danielle, Phoenix, Arizona, XM Satellite, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Wonderful, thank Despite you. Despite the terrible things that are going on yep. politically, I just wanted to thank you for um, raising the issue, I mean, not just politically, I agree with you, but about reading. Um, people really, I'm a librarian, and people really need to read for building their vocabulary, I mean, and it's not just a book you can read, and you can read online now, you know, but Mm -hmm. paper books are available online. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, through databases, through your public library. The public library isn't being replaced by Google, um, as so many said when Google first came out. The public library is being, I mean... Well, let me say this to you. First of all, thank you. I agree with you. Secondly, for people who believe in liberty and free speech, we need to make use of the free tools that are already being paid for through your property taxes that exist at these libraries. I couldn't agree with you more. And particularly for people like us, you folks in this program, we need to take advantage of every aspect and platform that is available to us in this society. And this is one of them. And I'm just reiterating, for us, pamphleteering, that is, books, are crucially important. It is one of the ways we still have to communicate with each other. And American Marxism is my pamphlet, if you will, to you. 
to you. And we will talk about it. We will rally. We will do everything we can to build a strong movement. That's the goal. I'm not just here as a talk show host. I was born an activist, and that's what I am. I'm a talk show host, no question. You want to be entertained. I don't blame you. You want substance. I'm with you. But there are things that I have to do to live with myself and my own conscience because I have this microphone and a massive audience, but thanks to you folks. And I don't think you want me doing a tap dance on the microphone. They're being Henny Youngman. There's time for that. There's places for that. I've got no problem with that, but that's not me. I want to thank you for your call, my friend. Let's continue. Let's go to John, Corpus Christi, Texas, XM Satellite. John, go right ahead. Lower your radio and and go for it. All right, we're running out of time. Uh, Are you still there? Pretty close to where you're from. I I lowered my radio. Okay. You're on. So. You're on, John. So, anyways, I'd like to know. Can you hear me? Yes, go right ahead, please. Okay, so I wanted to know how you feel the Second Amendment would work today as far as command and control, you know, communications. I mean, is the Second Amendment just a threat? Well, why don't you tell me what you're suggesting? Um, I want you to say theoretically, because you're the smartest man I know, other than this. I don't do theoretically. I believe in the Second Amendment. I've got what I need to have in my house to protect my family. And the more there's a war on cops, the more I feel like I need to have uh, more ammunition just in case somebody tries to come into my home. Does that answer your question? No, what I'm trying to say is if this, the reason the forefathers put the Second I'm, Amendment I'm not in, going to say that we need an armed revolution, which is what you're trying to get out of my mouth. Thank you for your call. I'm not calling for an armed revolution. I'm talking about doing things that we can do in our existing lives, in our existing careers, in our existing families and churches and synagogues and so forth to take our country back. I'm not part of this armed militia mentality, and I never will be. On the other hand, I do believe in the Second Amendment. Like all of you. We're not them. We're us. We believe in the rule of law. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I had a wonderful time this evening. I hope you did, too. Mosey on over to Amazon if you have a moment, or Barnes & Noble, and get your pre-ordered copy, and God bless you.